The show's name is The Inheritance. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm a sap for inheritance stories. It started, I think, in fifth grade when I read the Westing game. It was part of our class like reading. And I really fell in love with that book. What's it about? It was like 16 strangers who, well, I mean, some of them were connected through family, who got called to this mansion. They all knew this one guy who had passed away. And it was kind of like Willy Wonka, where they all competed. And whoever was like the last one to finish the challenges won a ton of money. Millions of dollars. One of those ones, okay. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was great. And then even before that, now that I think about it, there was a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> I, I, it's called A Night of Fright is No Delight. Very similar premise. <laughs> Scooby is put into this guy's will. And the guy ends up being, like, the person who they have to chase down. Like, he's not really dead or something right. like that. But everybody goes to the mansion, and they have to survive the night. And whoever survives the night gets the money. And so that's why all the scooby do. See, it seems like you're into Survive the Night stories. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. challenge. But, like, if you go into the more adult mode uh, inheritance stories, the ones that have come out in the last few years in mm -hmm. TV, you look at Bad Sisters, Knives Out, the movie... Bleak House, I know that's going back a little bit, but like uh, that also dealt with a big inheritance thing, and then Succession, uh, to a certain. I, I had in my notes that this was a cross between Night Out and Succession with a dash of Bad Sisters. It's it's like Succession, but there's no murder mystery. All those other ones kind of fall into the murder mystery aspect, including this show, The Inheritance, which again I was blind to going in because I mean this is like a really small BBC production, or it, I don't even know if it's BBC. It's on Channel Five, and apparently this is the biggest show that's on that channel. I'm not surprised by that because I've heard of Channel Four, I've heard <laughs> of the BBC. Uh, We've seen a ton of shows from all the, but I've never heard of Channel 5. It was number one in its time slot, and there's even a poster that says all its achievements that it had on its premiere night, like being 116% above the average viewers and yeah. exceeding average channel share by 205%. That, that's on the poster for this show. I'm wondering if that factors into the writer's strike at all, and because there's like just so little TV out there yeah. that this is like one of the few pilots. It is like 50 minutes. The, uh, the, two, the front cover, I guess, is all three of them. Them, right? Yes, uh, the three siblings. It, it it really comes down to Dennis, uh, who is their deceased father, dies really soon into the episode, and then you have Dan, Sean, and Chloe, his children, who think that they're going to be inheriting all this money, and then they find out all this strange stuff about their dad. Like he changed his will at the last minute. He was actually an alcoholic, but they never knew that. Um, he married his best friend's wife at the last minute too, mm -hmm. and apparently they've been having an affair for like 14 years. That being said, these are a lot more likable characters, I felt at least, than Succession is. Succession I, it goes out of its way to make you just like hate those characters. Sure, if you're going to compare them to the worst, yeah. maybe. But but at the same time, I. Still still didn't like them too much like each one of them kind of so uh dan is the struggling chef and he lies to his uh two sisters because he goes out there and he gets a loan from one of their ex-husbands uh, sean's ex-husband yep. and then sean is also like the scorned uh yet hopeless romantic she's flirting with um the real estate guy Nathan. and then you have the youngest one chloe who has her own secrets but she has what appears to be the perfect life she's the perfect wife she's got two kids and uh, i guess they're all just surprised when they find out about susan and then they all assume that susan murdered their father and then by the end of the first episode 
during the funeral, the police walk in and say, we're gonna need the body before it's cremated because we actually do think he was murdered. And Chloe knows who Susan is. Everyone was like supposedly unaware of who Susan was because it was the second marriage of Dennis. But later on in the episode, when Susan actually introduces herself to the sibling, she says, nice to see you again, Chloe. So there's obviously more to that story. She knew who Chloe was. And I think that that factors into why Chloe did not want to sell the house, which they talk about, I believe like 15 minutes into the episode. I'm glad you caught that because what I thought that scene meant was that she, that the dad, Dennis, had told her something about Chloe, about how the dad had helped her out, not that she had actually seen Chloe. It's before. left up to interpretation, obviously, because I think we're going to get I think more I might of that in the it. three episodes. But I believe, I think that what it is, is that Chloe somehow knew about Susan. They probably met before, right before the dad was going to die, almost like the Roman and uh, Logan Roy uh, episode two thing where they're talking about taking over or giving him a role in the company. I yeah. think it's like they knew about each other. I mean, other. we don't know anybody's alibi. I guess they're all suspects to their dad's murder. The thing is, though, that Susan is playing the evil stepmom character, very straightforward, like, like she walks in there and she's dropping bombs and she's like technically this is my house but she was she really evil that's I never no, i mean like that's what i'm saying is yeah. if the show decides to go that avenue and everything we've seen is just plays out straightforwardly then she would be the one who murdered the uh, murdered the father and they would uh either prove that she did it in a court of law and then get his stuff but like obviously that's not how television's done and we're just going to get a bunch of different reveals. We well beyond see, that, yeah. even when Susan is introducing herself to the siblings, it doesn't seem like she's really being that mean about it. She's mm. like talking about how she knows that they loved her father and how she didn't even want to move in yes. with the father right before she he defends died. herself and she says it wasn't a new thing. It wasn't like I waited till your dad got dementia and then like moved in. Um <laughs> it was like they had been together for 14 years and because their mom uh, Dan's, Sean's, and Chloe's mom had died, it seems like, in the last five to ten years when we get that uh, backflash in the video recording. Right. It seemed like she'd been around for a very long time. Then that means that the uh, the Susan relationship predated her their mom's passing. Because she but says 14 years, yeah. Still, still strange that the dad would only update his will right beforehand. And it does seem like he was murdered because the last thing we see with Dennis, like 10 minutes in, is him taking a drink of that bioethanol stuff. It's like a clear liquid, which we can assume... And the next thing we see that is that he's dead. Now, I, plenty of stories have done the thing where they try to prove or make every the audience believe that it's murder, and then at the very end show it was actually suicide or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But but I feel like that would also be a cop out at this point. It's become too much of a cliche to do it that way. That said, as a whole, what did you think of the show? Like, would you continue to watch it, or did did it leave you with enough intrigue? So there are four episodes in this whole entire series. Oh, and good. because of that, oh, if it was like eight or 10, yeah. I think that'd be too long. But because there's only four, I will watch the rest of it because I thought that even though I'm not a big fan of slow burns, this is one of the few I thought that kept my attention the whole time. And even though it is slow and at points monotonous, the okay. pacing I didn't feel was too slow. I, I Okay, you said slow like eight times there. But but what I, I think I agree with you is that it did hold my attention. But I think if I was just watching it straight without doing any other work on the side, I think I could watch it at two times speed and it would be mm. just as good. Like, I think you need to watch every scene. There's no skippable moments, but you can watch through it faster because they kind of repeat themselves a lot and they get the tone. Like once you've gotten the point of the scene, I think you really understand it. Like 
Well, I think earlier on. I think that's what you meant by pacing. Yes, well, I think it's also a show that if you were to rewatch once all four episodes come out. In fact, I'm a little oh, confused. Gosh. Really? No, no, because I think feels too much like a college production. This feels too much like a college production. Like, explain what you mean by that. Like, low budget, very indie. Like, there were very few sets that they used. It was indoors a lot of the times in a few rooms, and then maybe we got one outdoor scene. Definitely no, like, special graphics or anything like that. I know that the cast they got for it is uh, considered A-list. Really? Yes. I didn't recognize anyone oh wow okay so you have robert james collier he plays daniel and he played thomas barrow in downton abbey it okay. was in two feature films the two feature films that they made later on and then also samantha bond who plays susan really famous actually it's a reunion between her and robert james collier because she was from downton abbey as well and then you have gainer Fay who played uh sean she was most known from being in coronation street which also had robert james collier in it so it seems like he is almost like the kevin bacon of the group right now yeah but having seen shows like happy valley having seen mm-hmm. shows like bad sisters i i know that british stuff can be exceptional and but didn't you not like that i i know you like the pilot of bad sisters but i thought that you didn't like the rest of the series i'm saying production quality wise oh, like okay. that is a tier apple studios whatever they do with that magic um and when i think of a-list actors with a british accent i definitely think of like i i recognize most of those characters versus these ones like yeah you're telling me that most of them were in, or a few of them were in downton abbey but um yeah i wouldn't have known that well you otherwise. also have larry lamb he was father dennis and he's most known from being in the popular bbc series EastEnders. Okay, I mean, so, again, I mean, like, like none you, of these shows would be the. I think an American at least would so not know most them. of these. Okay, yeah, I know it was created and ran by Ashlyn Ditta, and he's done a lot of comedies. Actually, a lot with Catherine Tate, aka Donna Noble from Doctor Who. Yes, and I found it strange how he wrote also this. from The Office. <laughs> yes, but then also you had the director Aku Luomis. He has actually done a ton of serious stuff. And it seems like well, almost... This is the, serious. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. It's, it's weird that it's ran by someone who's like done a lot of comedies. I know the Catherine Tate show, which was what Catherine Tate got famous from, was a sketch comedy series. Yet here, it seems like this is very much more focused on the drama portion of it. I mean, it. people can do both. Yeah. Um, I, I want to make sure that we've gone through the episode and done it justice. The first few minutes are introducing the family where they're at in their lives. You got the restaurant dude, Dan. You got Sean on her date. You got uh, Chloe, who's home with her husband, Pete, who Pete might be the wild card here. He might be the murderer. Maybe the loan shark's the murderer. It seems like that would be, that's what they're setting up for, especially if you see the next time where it seems like he has a lot more evil behind him. I didn't see that in the next time. I saw one moment where Susan's like, I expected you to show up soon. Um, And then the next scene we get is Dennis, who's dead. Also, something we didn't touch upon is that there's a trailer park scene that just continually happens interspliced throughout where there's just a random trailer in the middle of the forest and it's playing these family cassettes of their life on repeat, like all these holiday videos and stuff. And that was the part where when I was watching it, it felt like I was watching a cam footage of like (laughs) some movie because they kept showing you the laptop screen that it was playing under. And so that's what made it feel extra cheap. It was very, it was very boring whenever it did that. I I think the big reveals are going to happen with that. You know, with the footage. But the amount of, like, rewinding it did and even scenes yes. that we had already exactly. seen. Whenever it went to that or cut to that, I was always like, uh, can we get past this so we can actually get I to the mystery I think it was supposed portion. to show the, the characters having fun and showing that they love their dad and that the dad loved them. But it's also going to be shown when they're, like, doing the 
uh, at one point when they do the rewind, they're gonna like show a face or something. Yeah, you know? probably in the or, or it's gonna like cut the the video is gonna cut into a different video. I, I I don't know, but like there's going to be a reveal. That's one of my predictions. My other prediction is that it's not going to be satisfactory. Like I don't see this show having an ultimate twist that that does it well. You know? I I'm giving it an eight out of ten on the hope that it does, but I can see what you mean because I see in episode two also when you have uh, who is the best friend of Dennis. You remember they meet him later on in the episode the name of him yeah. the one who was susan's ex yes no i didn't write down his name <laughs> he, he comes out of his uh i his have the house. realtor the realtor's name with nathan yeah, yeah. but it, he comes out of his house with a shotgun and he's like screaming to people i yeah. feel like this could easily go over the top if they don't have it well laid out if they don't have the rest of the episodes well, also there's some strange things with the police so the police get the body and they're already there when the dad is dead or by the time that Dan shows up to his dad's place to ask for money, right? Yes. His yeah. dad's already dead. The police are already there looking. Who called the police? How did the police even know to show mm -hmm. up? Like, they didn't explain any of that. And then later on, the police are like, it's 100% a suicide. Then the kids just bring up randomly. They're like, well, we found this <laughs> bottle that said bioethanol. Could that possibly be it? And then suddenly, the, I, it just doesn't put them in the best light because it makes them seem bad at their job. Yeah. And then also the lawyer. I actually enjoyed the scenes between the lawyer and the family and then the realtor and the family and then the loan shark <laughs> dude and uh, Dan the most because when the siblings were just talking to one another, it felt very cliche. I very agree. I thought that each... Uh, each sibling was well established in their own story arc. Yeah, but when they were talking to one another, it was just kind of that angst that you see in every story. Yeah. So when they were talking, when the guy was talking to his, the loan shark, the loan shark, I think, did a really good job kind of playing both sides. Blank. Being like, yeah, yeah, I still love your sister, but I'm going to kill you if you don't give me my 20000 mm -hmm. back. I don't know why he took the 20000 to begin with. It seems like every show that we watch nowadays, from Bloodline to The Bear always features a struggling restaurant owner who just can't make it. There's never like a super successful restaurant owner, you know? That you have to save for the movies. That's yeah, well, because I mean, if they, if they had a successful restaurant, there wouldn't be much no, reason for no, it. No, but think about it. There's the Anya Taylor-Joy movie, the the, the menu. The menu. That one had like a super famous expensive chef. You have Chef um, the John, whatever, the 2014 film, the like comedy, he yeah. was very successful at his, at his job. And then you also have the Bradley Cooper movie. Like whenever you see the movie <laughs> versions of chefs, they're, they're always, always, yeah, it's always like upscale well. restaurant with like a ton of customers. And this yeah. guy seems like he's running a sort of upscale restaurant. It just seems like he's not being able to pay the rent. Um, and what else? Uh, also, they had a, at the funeral, the dad's funeral, another succession moment was when he stood up to tell like his eulogy and then he couldn't do it. Right? Yes, that was the most, that was the most Kendall Roy. Yeah, that I was felt. the most Kendall, well, Kendall, Kendall got up there and like beasted it. It was the other one. Yeah, but I mean, like whenever Kendall got upset in succession, he would always just kind of quit and just out, out himself. Again, almost. I disagree because he also did the same thing when he went up and did the presentation. For people who haven't seen succession, they don't, season four. yeah. No, no, no. But yeah, season four, Kendall, I think whenever he had to do something public, he did a pretty good job. It was when he got in the room with his siblings that his like monsters came out. Uh, you also had the kid, though, who was wearing um, the headphones during his grandfather's uh, funeral. Which that, seems... Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. That was weird. I would like, why would the mom be okay with him playing like a PSP? I guess it's 2023. It's 2023 ADHD. You, but if you it's just your grandfather's funeral, right? you uh, your mom, I feel like, would be like, take it off. Like, you have to listen to this. And his mom is Chloe. So, yes. yeah, I would think so, too. I also like the scene with the lawyer where she's telling them that they uh, that she can't tell them where Susan is or anything about her, mm -hmm. but just that they're not in the will. That was kind of funny. 
Uh, overall, though, you said you give it an eight. I say I'm going to give it a five out of ten. It doesn't pass. No, it's it's basically just like as average as possible to me. Like, so okay, yeah. so the, your main like complaints with it are just that when it actually came to like the backflashes the, feel like a little bit of a waste of time. The story itself feels like it's developing, but I don't have high hopes for it being able to surprise me or impress me. And the only part I was interested in was who's watching those home videos, like how they get them, why are they watching them in the middle mm -hmm. of this cabin or the trailer, and then also why. Like, if Susan is completely innocent and she's not an evil stepmom and she's actually a good person, why did she insist on the cremation? That seems like such an odd thing to do, especially since the guy had plans to be buried next to his wife. Like, what what possible foundation could they have to go off of that? That that never made sense, and, and, and I'm more curious about that than anything else. So yeah. I think that you are looking at this from, you kind of are expecting it not to have the answers. And I'm looking at it from a more optimistic view. I think it'll have answers. I think the answers yeah, you are just going me. to be disappointing. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking at it from, I'm hoping that the answers aren't, and therefore that's kind of why I'm giving it such a like high score. The thing about the Westing game, the thing about the uh, Where Are You, Sco or the Scooby-Doo Where Are You uh, episode that I saw, it was that like it kept you interested because there were just so many characters that were all vying to uh, succeed. It was almost like Knives Out where they were all like fighting amongst themselves and there were better characters than other ones. And in this, it's just the three of them. And it feels like the story is going to be, again, straightforward when it gets down to the ending. When it comes to reviews for this show, especially from big publications, it's all over the place. You have The Telegraph, which gave the series two out of five stars and titled their review, a high-grade cast, can't save Channel 5's cheap, cheerless family saga it does feel cheap it doesn't feel ter terrible though like i again average is average well me. then you have the daily mail which gave it four out of five stars and it says the characters are roughly drawn and the mysterious death is slightly humdrum but they also wrote that the psychological mystery is strong enough and can draw people in and i think that's where you lean right yes okay yeah. so you're the eight out of ten for there's not reason. there's not even a raw tomato score set up for this series and yeah. the imdb score only has like 30 reviews very <laughs> new very hard to find if you can get to it the inheritance you recommended i I say, hey, if you're looking for just an average, um, not even thriller, but just, I guess, drama, family <laughs> drama that's only going to last you four episodes, then uh, check it out. Anything else? No, that's Thanks right. for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>